ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so continuing with this book of Sheikh Abd Salam Sahimi hafizahullah ta'ala kun salafian al jadda we discussed some of the affairs regarding the principles of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah previously, the principle of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil, the principle regarding worship and how everything must be done upon evidence. And that is just like Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned in Thalathatul uh, Usul that the meaning of Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, the meaning of that is Ta'atuhu fima amara. That you obey him in that which he commanded you with. وَاجْتِنَابُ مَا نَهَا عَنْهُ And to stay away from those things that he prohibited from. وَتَصْدِيقُهُ فِيمَا أَخْبَرَ And to believe the Prophet ﷺ in those affairs that he informed us of. The hereafter and the unseen affairs. And the fourth principle or the fourth aspect of that is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not to be worshipped except how it was legislated, how the Prophet taught us, how the revelation came and explained it to us in the Quran and the Sunnah. So we discussed some of these issues and we mentioned that the basis of the methodology of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah is that they take all of their evidences, all of their religion from the pure source, the source of the Qur'an, the source of the Sunnah, and the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah. So after having discussed that, having discussed the pillars of worship, having discussed that they are sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-ikhlas, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ They were not commanded except to worship Allah sincerely. And we also mentioned al-mutaba'a, that you must follow the Prophet ﷺ, as the Prophet ﷺ stated in the hadith, مَا أَمَرْتُكُمْ بِهِ فَأْتُوا مِنْهُ مَسْلَطَعَتُمْ وَمَا نَهَيْتُكُمْ عَنْهُ فَانْتَهُوا That the things which I command you with, then do as many as you are able. And those which I prohibit you from, then stay away from them. So we mentioned all of these different aspects, these different aspects, these different principles. Now we come to this chapter where the Shaykh is now going to explain regarding those people who deviated away from this straight path. Those individuals who had certain deviations or distortions that led them away from this correct and straight path, the methodology of the Salaf. After they became deviated, then we now discuss how the Salaf behaved towards those people. What was the stance of the Salaf with regards to these individuals who had deviated, the people of innovation, Ahlul Bid'ah. How do we behave towards Ahlul Bid'ah? What is our stance, our relationship towards them? So we will see some of the narrations of the Salaf with, with uh, uh, regards to that. Firstly, we explain, as we mentioned already, that Bid'ah is something that is not acceptable or permissible in this religion. The reason for that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already told us that the religion is finished. That the religion is complete. So if the religion is finished and complete already, 
then there is no possibility of bringing anything new. And how do we know that the religion is already complete and finished? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Qur'an, الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ On this day I have completed the religion for you. So we know that the religion of Islam is complete. Allah told us in the Qur'an, everything we need to know, we know. All of those affairs that will bring us closer to paradise and to the pleasure of Allah, we are aware. And all of those affairs that will uh, uh, remove us from the fire and keep us safe from the fire, or rather those affairs that would lead us to the fire, then we know about them so we can stay away from them. We've been taught all of those affairs. So the religion is complete. That is why the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدٍ Whoever innovates anything into this religion of ours, brings about anything new into this religion of ours, then it will be rejected. فَهُوَ رَدٍ It will be rejected and thrown back onto him. This action that he tries to do, which is not evidenced from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Similarly, in one narration, the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَلًا لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدٍ Whoever does an action, maybe he's not the one who invented the bid'ah, but he acts upon a bid'ah, he implements a bid'ah. Then the one who does that, again the Prophet ﷺ says, then this individual who acts upon an action that is not from our religion, then it will be rejected upon him, thrown back onto him. Uh, similarly, in one narration that Abu Dawood narrated uh, or collected, the Prophet said, من أحب لله وأبغض لله وأعطى لله ومنع لله فقد استكمل الإيمان. That whoever loves for the sake of Allah and hates for the sake of Allah and he gives for the sake of Allah and he prevents and prohibits for the sake of Allah, then indeed his iman has completed. Or indeed he has completed his iman or sought to complete his iman. The one who loves for the sake of Allah, hates for the sake of Allah. The one who gives for the sake of Allah, who prevents and prohibits for the sake of Allah. Then all of those characteristics are of the one whose iman is complete, or seeks to complete his iman, then they are the characteristics he is required to implement and act upon. There is a narration also, of Ibn Mas'ud رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يخرج في آخر الزمان قوم أحداث الأسنان سفهاء الأحلام يقولون من خير قول الناس ويمرقون من الإسلام كما يمرق السهم من الرمية من لقيهم فليقتلهم فإن في قتلهم أجرا لمن قتلهم فَإِنَّ فِي قَتْلِهِمْ أَجْرًا لِمَنْ قَتَلَهُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ Ibn Mas'ud, he mentioned that there are going to be a group of people who come at the end of time, أَحْدَاثُ الْأَسْنَانِ سُفَهَاءُ الْأَحْلَامِ Meaning that they are ignorant and young in age, and they do not have knowledge. يَقُولُونَ مِنْ خَيْرِ قَوْلِ النَّاسِ They say the best of the speech. Maybe they speak in a way that is eloquent and beautiful and pleasing to the people. يَمْرَقُونَ مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ كَمَا يَمْرَقُ السَّهَمْ مِنَ الرَّمِيَّةِ They exit from Islam as the arrow exits from the bow. فَمَنْ لَقِيَهُمْ فَلْيَقْتُلْهُمْ So whoever sees them, kill them. Whoever meets them, kill them. فَإِنَّ فِي قَتْلِهِمْ أَجْرًا لِمَنْ قَتَلَهُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ 
For indeed the one who kills them, then there is a reward for him with Allah on the Day of Judgment. وَالْمَعْنَى And the meaning of that is, هُمُ الْخَوَارِجِ الْمَعْنَى بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أو الْمَعْنِيُّ بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ هُمُ الْخَوَارِجِ The ones who are meant by this hadith, they are the khawarij. وَقَدْ قَاتَلَهُمْ أَصْحَابُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ سَيَسَلَّمُ and the companions, they killed them and they fought them with Ali ibn Abi Talib. They fought with Ali ibn Abi Talib anhu against them in the battle of Nahrawan. So these narrations all indicate that any type of innovation, any type of newly invented affair, that it is not acceptable. The khawarij, they came about with newly invented affairs, with new ideology, new thinking. And it was a deviated, distorted way of thinking. So the companions, they fought against them. They fought against them for this bid'ah that they came about with. فَلِهَذِهِ النُّصُوصَ الْمُتَقَدِّمَةِ وَمَا فِي مَعْنَاهَا فَقَدْ حَذَّرَ أَئِمَّةُ السَّلَفِ مِنَ الْبِدَعِ وَالْمُبْتَدِعَةِ So because of these types of narrations and many others similar to them, the a'imma, the great scholars of the salaf, they warned against the people of innovation. وَامْتَلَأَتْ كُتُبُهُمْ وَمُؤَلَّفَاتُهُمْ بِالرَّدِّ عَلَى الْبِدْعِ وَأَهْلِهَا وَالتَّحْذِيرِ مِنْ ذَلِكَ And their books are filled. This is the reality, the actual fact, reality of the situation. If you look at the books of the Salaf, you look at the books of the great scholars, then you will find that they are full. They are full with refutations against these people, with refutations and rebuttals against innovation and against the people of innovation and warning against them. Because the basis of that is from the Prophet ﷺ, Whoever brings about some new affair into this religion of ours, then it will be rejected. So all of these new affairs that the people of innovation they have brought about, they have come with, they have invented, they are rejected. Their bid'ah, their innovation is rejected, and the people of innovation are rejected. And that is full. The books of the Salaf are full with that. Rawa Muslim fi Sahihi an Yahya ibn Amr. Muslim narrated in his Sahih, Sahih Muslim, from Yahya ibn Amr, wa Humayd ibn Abdurrahman, and from Humayd ibn Abdurrahman, this narration it comes, qala Yahya ibn Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma. But Yahya, he said to Abdullah ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhu. إنه قد ظهر قبلنا أناس يقرؤون القرآن ويتفقرون العلم وذكر شأنهم وأنهم يزعمون أنه لا قدر وأن الأمر أنف قال ابن عمر فإذا لقيت أولئك فأخبرهم أني بريء منهم وأني وأنهم براء مني والذي يحلف به عبد الله ابن عمر لو أن لأحدهم مثل أحد ذهبا فأنفقه مَا قَبِلَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ حَتَّى يُؤْمِنُ بِقَدْرِ حَتَّى يُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدْرِ In this narration, Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu was asked that there are a group of people who have appeared in our area, they recite the Qur'an and they seek knowledge. They recite the Qur'an and they seek knowledge. And they were mentioned, their characteristics were mentioned to Ibn Umar. However, they were told or Ibn Umar was informed that despite the fact that they read the Qur'an and they seek knowledge, they claim that there is no decree. They claim there is no decree, that everything just happens. They claim everything just happens. They reject the decree. 
So Ibn Umar, he said, tell them. Or rather, he said, if you meet them, if you see them, then tell them. That I, i.e. Ibn Umar, I am free of them. Tell them I am innocent of them, I am free of them. I have nothing to do with them. And that they are innocent of me. Don't let them have any association to me. They have nothing to do with me. These people who claim that there is no decree. And the one, Ibn Umar, he says, he says that he takes an oath that if one of those individuals, if one of those individuals was to spend the size of Mount Uhud in gold, he was to give in charity, etc., the size of Mount Uhud in gold, it would not be accepted from him until he believes in the decree. So because of their rejection of the decree, which is one of the pillars of Iman, their rejection of that principle, and their distortion of it, and changing and alteration of it, their bid'ah which came about regarding this decree, then as a consequence, Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah said, I am innocent of them. Tell them if you see them, I am innocent and free of them. And that they are innocent and free of me, I have nothing to do with them. And even if they spent Mount Uhud's worth of gold, it would not be accepted until they accept the decree properly and accurately as it should be in the religion. Similarly, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu himself stated, إِيَّاكُمْ وَأَصْحَابَ الرَّأِي Be warned from the people of intellect and the logic, the ones who use their intellects and their opinions and their speech and their philosophy. فَإِنَّهُمْ أَعْدَاءُ السُنَّةِ Because they are the enemies of the sunnah. أَعْيَتْهُمُ الْأَحَادِيثِ أَنْ يَحْفَظُوهَا فَقَالُوا بِالرَّأِي فَضَلُّوا وَأَضَلُّوا They didn't memorize the hadith, that became difficult for them, so they began to speak with their opinions. So they were misguided and they misguided others with them. They became misguided because they didn't understand or implement the hadith properly. They became misguided and they ended up misguiding others along with them. So be warned of them, Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu says. Similarly, Rawad Darmi wallalikai wa ghayruhuma an Abi Qulaba. رحمه الله قال ما ابتدع قوم بدعة إلا استحل السيف that there is not a nation of people who invented an innovation except that they made the sword permissible meaning that they went out against the blood and the wealth and the honor of the Muslims this is what innovation leads to it leads to an individual going out and taking the honor of other Muslims, the blood of other Muslims, the rights of other Muslims. So here they said that there is not a group who invented this innovation except any type of innovation, except that they followed in the footsteps of the Khawarij. They followed in the footsteps of taking the honor and the rights and the blood of the Muslims. Qala Ayyub Sikhtiyani. Ayyub Sikhtiyani, he says, Ahlul Ahwa kulluhum Khawarij. That the people of desires, all of them are khawarij. All of them are like the khawarij, the people of desires. They take the rights of the Muslims, they take the blood of the Muslims, they take the honor of the Muslims. They don't have the principles of the religion with them. That the khawarij, there are different types. And their names might differ. Their names might differ for these different groups of the khawarij. But they are all agreed upon the sword. They are all agreed upon going out against the Muslims. 
وعن سفيان الثوري سفيان الثوري رحمه الله تعالى from the salaf البدعة أحب إلى إبليس من المعصية the بدعة innovation is more beloved to shaitan than sinning Sufyan al-Thawri, he said that innovation is more beloved to the shaitan than sinning is. Innovation is more beloved to the shaitan than sinning. وَالْمَعْصِيَةُ يُتَابُ مِنْهَا وَالْبِدْعَةُ لَا يُتَابُ مِنْهَا Because if a person sins, you can make repentance from a sin. But as for an innovation, then the person doesn't seek repentance from innovation. Why? Because when a person does a sin, he knows he's done a sin. If a person drinks alcohol, he knows that's a sin. He's committed fornication, he knows that's a sin. So he may seek forgiveness for that at some point. But a person who commits a bid'ah, an innovation, he thinks he's doing something which is obedience to Allah. He thinks he's doing something gaining him closeness to Allah. He doesn't realize this is a sin and this is wrong and this is haram. So he will never seek repentance. That's why Iblis loves innovation and bid'ah more than sinning. Because people who sin, they might make repentance. But people who do bid'ah, then very rarely will they seek repentance from that and come away from it. Because they believe that they are upon the truth in the first place. وَرَوَى أَيْضًا عَنْ قَتَادَةَ أَنَّهُ قَالَ يَا أَحْوَلْ إِنَّ الرَّجُلَ إِذَا ابْتَدَعَ بِدْعَةً يَنْبَغِي لَهَا أَنْ تُذْكَرَ حَتَّى تُحْذَرْ أو تُحَذَّرْ that if a person, he makes an innovation, he makes some innovation, he brings about some new affair, then it is befitting that that innovation, this bid'ah, it is mentioned and warned against until the people take caution from it. Must be warned against and must be clarified and the people must be explained to that this is an innovation, this is a bid'ah, until they then stay away from that innovation and keep away from it. وعن الحسن قال أهل الأهواء بمنزلة اليهود والنصارى that the people of innovation, the people of desires the people of desires they are to the example of or to the level of the Jews and the Christians which is mentioned concerning them that they would act without knowledge or they would conceal knowledge and not act upon it and the people of innovation they end up falling into these types of affairs um قال عبد الله بن عمر Look at this narration as well Indicating the severity of innovation And how the salaf They were pleased and happy How they did not fall into that They recognized the severity of a person Who falls into innovation So Ibn Umar he says رضي الله عنهما ما فرحت بشيء من الإسلام أشد فرحا بأن قلبي لم يدخله شيء من هذه الأهواء. He says I never became more happier, more happier with anything in Islam than my happiness that none of these desires entered into my heart. None of these desires, none of these deviations entered into my heart. He says that is the thing that has made me the happiest. I've not been happier with anything else in Islam than the fact that these desires and innovations and deviations did not enter my heart. That is the most severe happiness he felt. 
to have been saved from those desires and deviations and bid'ah. So that indicates the severity of the affair and how important it was. So these are some of the narrations from the Salaf which indicate their warning against the people of innovation or the innovations themselves. But the Salaf, they didn't just stop there. The methodology of the Salaf wasn't simply just a warn against the innovations and leave it at that. Rather, such was the severity of this affair, such is the severity of these innovations and what can occur to an individual if he falls into them, that the Salaf they would warn the people from sitting with the people of innovation or listening to the people of innovation. Not just to warn from the innovator and the innovation and leave it at that, but to go a step further and warn the people from going anywhere near them. Warn the people from listening to them. Warn the people from sitting with them. That's what the Shaykh says. وَلَمْ يَكْتَفِ أَئِمَّةُ السَّلَفِ بِالرَّدِّ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِ الْبِدَعِ وَالضَّلَالِ بَلْ حَذَّرُ النَّاسَ مِنْ مُجَالَسَتِهِمْ وَالِاسْتِمَاعِ إِلَىٰ كَلَامِهِمْ the Salaf didn't just suffice with refuting the people of innovation and misguidance. Rather, they warned the people from sitting with them and from listening to their speech. Rawad Darimi ibn Batta an al-Hasan rahimahullahu annahu kana yaqul. Al-Hasan al-Basri rahimahullah used to say, La tujalisu ahl al-ahwa, wa la tujadiluhum, wa la tasma'u minhum. Do not sit with the people of desires. Do not debate with the people of desires and do not listen to anything from them. This was from Al-Hasan al-Basri. Do not sit with the people of desires. Do not debate with the people of desires and do not listen to what they have to say. That is to protect yourselves and your heart. وَقَدْ رَوَى الْآجُرِّ وَاللَّلِكَاءِ عَنِ الْحَسَنِ أَيْضًا أَنَّ رَجُلًا أَتَاهُ فَقَالْ يَا أَبَا سَعِيدْ إِنِّي أُرِيدُ أَنُ خَاصِمُكَ فَقَالَ الْحَسَنِ إِلَيْكَ عَنِّي فَإِنِّي عَرَفْتُ دِينِي وَإِنَّمَا يُخَاصِمُ الشَّاكُ فِي دِينِي It's narrated that a person came to Al-Hasan al-Basri and he said to him that I want to debate with you. I want to debate with you in an affair. So Al-Hasan said to him, إِلَيْكَ عَنِّي Leave me alone, go away. فَإِنِّي عَرَفْتُ دِينِي Because I know my religion. I know Tawheed. I know the methodology of the Quran and the Sunnah. And what the Salaf, uh, the Salaf we are upon. He said, I know that. I know about these affairs, so leave me alone. I know my religion. The only person who's going to debate with you is somebody who is doubtful of his own affairs. Somebody who is doubtful of his own affairs will want to sit with you and to listen, maybe just in case, what has he got to say? Debate with you. Those types of people will sit with you. The people like you of deviation and innovation. As for me, he said, leave me alone. I know my religion. I have no need to debate with you, to argue with you about my religion. If you want to debate, go find someone else. So quite clear, Hassan told him to leave him alone and to not enter into any argumentation or debate to that type of person of desires. وعن إسماعيل بن خارجة قال دخل رجلان من أهل الأهواء على محمد بن سيرين فقال يا أبا بكر نحدثك بحديث إسماعيل بن خارجة narrates that two people from the people of desires they came to Muhammad ibn Sirin and they said to him oh Abu Bakr 
Muhammad ibn Sirin yani. Shall we mention a hadith to you? Qal la. He said to them no. Qal so they said, فَنَقْرَأُ عَلَيْكَ آيَةً مِنْ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ They said okay, well will you allow us to read an ayah from the Qur'an to you then? These were the people of desires. They said to him, shall we narrate a hadith to you? He said no. They said okay, shall we recite some ayah from the Qur'an to you at least? So what did Muhammad ibn Sirin say? قال لا He said no وقال تقومني عني وإلا قمت He said to them either you get up and leave or I'm going to get up and leave فقام الرجلان فخرجا So the two of them, the people of desires, they got up and they left They got up and they went فقال بعض القوم So some of the people then said to Muhammad ibn Sirin After this happened ما كان عليك أن يقرأوا آية they said, what was the problem if they wanted to recite an ayah from the Qur'an to you? The hadith, okay, we understand that. They might want to try and twist it and bring some explanation and the deviation, etc. But when they said, we'll recite some Qur'an to you, what was the issue then? Why not just listen to an ayah from the Qur'an from them at least? So Muhammad ibn Sirini said, إِنِّي كَرِهْتُ أَنْ يُقْرَأُ آيَةً فَيُحَرِّفَانِهَا فَيُقِرُّ ذَلِكَ فِي قَلْبِي He said, I feared or I hated the fact, I disliked that perhaps the two of those people of desires, they might recite an ayah and distort it. They might recite an ayah and distort it. And that then falls into my heart and it becomes established in my heart. This is what the people of, uh, the Salaf used to say regarding the people of innovation. Don't listen to them because maybe they will say something you think it's beautiful speech, you think it's nice speech, so it falls into your heart and it settles in your heart. Because once it settles in your heart, then it's very difficult to remove it. That's why the Salaf used to say, don't listen to anything from them, lest anything should settle into your heart, and then you find it difficult to remove thereafter. Similarly, Abdullah ibn uh, al-Imam Ahmad, fi sunnah in the book of sunnah he narrated from Abi Qilaba, rahimahullah, qal, لا تجالسوهم ولا تخالطوهم Do not sit with them and do not mix with them فإني لا آمن أن يغمسوكم في ضلالاتهم ويلبسوا عليكم كثيرا مما تعرفون He says because I cannot guarantee I can't guarantee that they would not drag you into their misguidance Don't sit with them and don't mix with them because I can't guarantee there's no guarantee that they won't drag you into their misguidance and cause you to fall into their misguidance with them. Or that they will deceive you and be deceptive on many of the affairs, confuse you and deceive you on many of the affairs that you used to know already before properly. Even the things that you know properly, they might deceive you and trick you and confuse you on those things. So be aware from sitting with them or listening to them. فَهَذِهِ بَعْضُ الْأَحَدِيثَ النَّبَوِيَّةَ الشَّرِيفَةَ وَأَقْوَالُ سَلَفِ الْأُمَّةَ أَهْلَ الْدِّيَانَةَ وَالتُّقَى وَأَهْلَ الزُّهْدِ وَالْوَرَعَ إِضَافَةً إِلَى مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ بِالْاتِّبَاعِ وَالنَّهِي عَنِ الْإِبْتِدَاعِ جَاءَتْ مُصَرَّحَ بِجَوَازِ الطَّعْنِ عَلَى أَهْلِ الْبِدَعِ وَبَيَانْ حَالِهِمْ لِلنَّاسِ بَلْ عَدَّهُمْ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْوَاجِبَاتِ الَّتِي لَا يَقُومُ الدِّينُ إِلَّا بِهَا So here are some of the ahadith and some of the statements of the Salaf regarding what we have mentioned about staying away from the people of innovation and not listening to them and warning from innovation itself 
and they are clear that it is permissible to speak about the people of innovation. These narrations are clear that it is permissible to refute the people of innovation and to warn the people against them, to protect the people, to save the people from falling into that misguidance. And that is something which is permissible and some of the scholars even say it is mentioned that it is an obligation to do that. It is an obligation to warn the people against shirk and bid'ah and deviation and to keep them upright upon the straight path. And some of them said, وَأَنَّ ذَلِكَ مِنْ بَابِ الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ يُوَازِي مِنْ حَيْثُ شَرَفِ And that, that is something similar to jihad, some of them said. This warning against the people of innovation. يَقُولُ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ بْنُ تَيْمِيَةِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ شَيْخُ الْإِسْلَامِ بْنُ تَيْمِيَةِ He says, وَمَثَلُ أَئِمَّةِ الْبِدْعَى مِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَقَالَاتِ الْمُخَالَفَةِ لِلْكِتَابِ وَسُنَّةِ أَوْ لِعِبَادَاتِ الْمُخَالَفَةِ لِلْكِتَابِ وَسُنَّةِ نعم فَإِنَّ بِيَانُ حَالِهِمْ فَإِنَّ بِيَانَ حَالِهِمْ وَتَحْذِيرَ الْأُمَّ مِنْهُمْ وَاجِبٌ بِاتِّفَاقِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ That those people of innovation and the people of false speech in opposition to the Qur'an and the Sunnah or false types of worships that they make up and obediences that they make up in opposition to the Qur'an and the Sunnah then clarifying their affair, clarifying their state, and warning the people from them is an obligation by consensus of the Muslims. Ahmad ibn Hanbal, to the extent that it was said to Ahmad ibn Hanbal, الرَّجُلُ يَسُومُ وَيُسَلِّ وَيَعْتَكِفْ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْكَ أو يَتَكَلَّمُ فِي أَهْلِ الْبِدْعَةِ That a person he fasts and he prays and he makes i'tikaf, is that more beloved to you? A person does those types of actions, or that he speaks against the people of innovation. فقال إذا قام الرج فقال إذا قام وصلى واعتكف if that person he gets up and he prays and he fasts and he does the i'tikaf فإنما هو لنفسه then those acts of obedience are for himself. وإذا تكلم في أهل البدع but if he speaks upon the people of innovation and refutes them and warns against them. Protects the people from their deviations. فَإِنَّمَا هُوَ لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ Then that is something which benefits all of the people. Whereas his fasting and his prayer and his i'tikaf is for himself, his reward. But the warning against the people of innovation, that is an act that benefits all of the believers. You tell the people, this man he is a, a mushrik. Or this man he is calling to shirk. Many of the people who do call to shirk. And they have beliefs which are shirk. You have this Habib Jifri, for example, from Yemen. This individual, his beliefs and his ideology completely false. All of the things that he claims or many of the things that he claims upon shirk. So we have to warn against these people to protect the people against him. Protect the people in falling into that trap. فَبَيَّنَ أَنَّ نَفْعَ هَذَا لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ So he clarified that the benefit of that warning against the people of innovation is general to all of the people. They benefit from that. Just like the uh, jihad in the path of Allah. إِذْ تَطْهِيرُ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَدِينِهِ وَمِنْهَاجِهِ وَشِرْعَتِهِ وَدَفْعِ بَغِي هَأُولَاءِ وَعِدْوَانِهِمْ عَلَى ذَلِكَ وَاجِبٌ عَلَى الْكِفَايَ بِاتِّفَاقِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Because purifying the path of Allah and His religion and the methodology and the legislation and suppressing the oppression and the enmity of those people, it is an obligation upon kifaya, Meaning some of the Muslims must do that. And that is by consensus of the scholars, of the Muslims. 
ولولا من يقيمه الله لدفع ضرر هؤلاء لفسد الدين and was it not for the fact that Allah has caused some people to be of that position that they uh, clarify and suppress the oppression of these types then there would be corruption everywhere وَكَانَ فَسَادُهُ أَعْظَمْ مِنْ فَسَادِ اسْتِيلَاءِ الْعَدُوْ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْحَرْبِ And the corruption of this bid'ah etc. will be greater than the corruption if the enemies overcame and took your country over. فَإِنَّ هَؤُلَاءِ لَسْتَوْلُ لَمْ يُفْسِدُوا الْقُلُوبِ Because those people when they come and they overtake your country and they take you hostage and prisoner, they overtake your country and your wealth etc. But they don't overtake your hearts. They don't corrupt your hearts. وَمَا فِيهَا مِنَ الدِّينِ إِلَّا تَبْعَكَ and that which is in your hearts from your religion except something which comes as a secondary thing after lengthy years of uh, conquering that area and controlling that area maybe the Muslims begin to lose their religion but that is a secondary effect however as for the people of innovation they corrupt the hearts of the people initially their very first target is to corrupt the aqidah and the hearts of the people with their bid'ah. That's what occurs. Whereas the enemy, when they come and overtake your country, they overtake your country. But your hearts are intact upon Islam. Only afterwards, indirectly, maybe some of the people, they deviate. But initially, that does not occur. But the people of innovation, initially, straight away, their act is to corrupt the hearts. وَقَالَ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوْضِعٍ آخَرٍ And then, Shaykh al-Islam said in another place, وَإِذَا كَانَ مُبْتَدِعًا يَدْعُوا إِلَىٰ أَعْقَائِدٍ تُخَالِفُ إِلَىٰ أَعْقَائِدَ تُخَالِفُ الْكِتَابَ وَسُنَّةِ وَيُخَافُ أَنْ يُضِلَّ الرَّجُلُ النَّاسَ بِذَلِكَ بُيِّنَ أَمْرُهُ لِلنَّاسِ لِيَتَّقُوا ظَلَالَهُ وَيَعْلَمُوا حَالَهُ وَهَذَا كُلُّهُ يَجِبُ أَنْ يَكُونَ عَلَىٰ وَجْهِ النَّصْحِ If a person is calling to his innovation and to false aqeedah against the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and it is feared, that this man will misguide the people, then his affair is clarified. If he is calling to false aqeedah in opposition to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and it is feared that his misguidance will uh, cause the people to be misguided, then his affair is to be clarified so that people can be warned from that, and they can protect themselves from his misguidance, and they know about his affair, and all of that is something which is done for advice, to advise the people. Refutations of these people is for the purpose of advice to the Muslims. Be warned from these deviants. ta'ala And to seek the face of Allah, the reward of Allah from doing that. From these refutations. لا لهوى الشخص مع الإنسان Not because of the desires of a person. مثل أن تكون بينهما عداوة دنيوية For example, there is some enmity, some worldly enmity between them. Nothing to do with the religion. Then no, that is not the case. أو تحاسد There is envy between them أو تباغض There is hatred between them أو تنازع على الرئاسة Oh, they have some competition over leadership So they have some issue between themselves فَيَتَكَلَّمُ بِمَسَاوِئِهِ مُظْهِرًا لِلنَّصْحِ So maybe they refute each other pretending that they are advising the Muslims when in reality is for the sake of just refuting each other وَقَصْدُهُ فِي الْبَاطِنِ الْغَضُّ مِنَ الشَّخْصِ وَاسْتِفَاءُهُ مِنْهُ فَهَذَا مِنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ and that is from the act of the shaitan, that this person really only wants his revenge for himself. And it is not for the sake of the religion or the protection of the people from that deviancy. فَالصَّلَفُ الصَّالِحِ مِنَ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعِينَ وَمَنْ تَبِعَهُمْ عَلَى مِنْهَاجِهِمْ قَدْ عَقَدَ إِجْمَاعَهُمْ عَلَى ضَمِّ الْبِدْعِ وَأَهْلِهَا 
والتحذير منها ومن أهلها اتباعا للكتاب والسنة So the Salaf al-Salih, the Sahaba, and those who came after them, and those who followed them upon that methodology, their consensus has been established to dispraise innovation and its people, and to warn against innovation and its people, in accordance to following the Qur'an and the Sunnah upon that, in warning against deviations and its people. فَالْوَاجِبْ إِتِّبَاعُهُمْ فِي ذَلِكَ So what is obligatory is that we follow them, Upon that methodology That we follow them upon the methodology Of refuting those individuals Refuting innovations Refuting the people of innovation um, We'll conclude upon that point Because inshallah ta'ala There's not much left in the book So next time we will begin By explaining Manhaj al-salaf Manhaj al-salaf Firrad ala al-mukhalif how did they used to refute these people? How were these refutations on the people of innovation? How do you do that? How did the Salaf used to refute them then? Now we know that you must refute the people of innovation and their innovations. Warn the people against them. But how did they used to do that? So that we'll look at next time inshallah ta'ala. How they used to warn against those people. Um, and then after that there's the final chapter which comes. Which is... Uh, regarding some of the principles that are befitting for every individual to uh, take into consideration and be practicing uh, as an individual and as in society so that Islam is upheld and uh, upright. So inshallah ta'ala, maybe another couple of weeks and we'll complete the book inshallah. Next week the lesson is off uh, unless uh, something else is going to be organized. So maybe inshallah something else will be organized next week. This lesson won't be on. There'll be a different lesson inshallah next week. And then in two weeks we'll come back to this. December December the 3rd or December the 2nd. Second. December the 2nd inshallah.